What's the matter, big brother? Nothing. I was just checking the mailbox. What did you expect? A turkey card? <laughs> Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that kind of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple mind, people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome, welcome to your own sports podcast. It's Tuesday, November 21st, 2017. Just concluded uh, week 11 here in the NFL. Thanksgiving week is, is upon us. Got uh, three Thanksgiving game day games here coming up here in a couple days. So uh, pretty excited about it coming off a strong week 11 here for me and Rob. And uh, I'm actually heading to Vegas here in about two hours at the conclusion of the pod. So pretty excited about that. It'll be good to check in with the family and do the old Thanksgiving thing and and uh, watch some football. So uh, let's uh, check in now with the guy that's picking me up from the airport here in a few hours. Uh, how's it going there, Rob? Yeah, at least we hope so. Uh, not too bad. Uh, hopefully, yeah, I can knock make, on wood. Yeah, make it there uh, when you get in here tonight. That'll be uh, be good. Yeah. So um, let's uh, do what we usually do here at the beginning. Do a little recap of last week. The weekend recap. So as I mentioned there, I I think we both had pretty good weeks. Um, you want to give a little quick recap of yours? Yeah, it was one of those weeks. Uh, not too bad. Can't complain. Uh, Cincinnati. I like them. I put a unit and a half play on them. Just thought the number was kind of didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I was kind of waiting for a three. I did get a three myself personally, but um, never kind of popped up before kickoff like I was hoping to, hoping for across the board. So I just released it on the money line. I thought that was a little bit better value taking a a buck twenty five there on the money line, so a unit and a half. So uh, that was a good play, and it wasn't the wasn't the most convincing victory, the easiest win, but I think I think it was the right side, and you know, I liked the pick from uh, start to finish for the most part. And, uh, and then I also had Tampa Bay. That was another one. It was a little dicey, but I thought it was a good play. But uh, they kind of just dominated. And then as soon as the the backup came in after Cutler supposedly got a concussion or whatever, I'm not sure. But, yeah, Moore came in off the bench, and he played pretty good. Uh, who knows if it's um, – a lot of that's got to be Tampa Bay's defense, obviously. But, anyway, I didn't really like mind that play, and it got home. Uh, a little bit of a misleading final there, 30-20, to 20, but a lot closer than the, the score would indicate. And then I also had a push with that Chicago, um, which is uh, – we'll, we'll talk here in the next segment. but. Uh, had a chance here to tie it at the end with the field goal after Trubisky drove him down the field, but couldn't do it, so that was just a push. But I myself did get three and a half on that one too, so it goes back to showing you the importance of the number. Yeah, I I had a couple winners on Baltimore and Washington that were pretty much never in doubt, Red Siders, and then uh, I had Cincy and Minnesota that were both tight there for a bit, but um, you know Minnesota kind of pulled away there in the second half, and, and Cincy got the job done. And my my lone loser was Buffalo and Peterman that uh, disaster. It uh, was just absolutely disgusting. It was a little bit easier to stomach though, and it was on the tail end of the day where I was already had a little bit of cushion to work with. You know, you never want to lose. It's just a lot easier though 
when it comes later as opposed to when everything's going wrong for you, then it really you know, just upsets you. So it's pretty frustrating to watch him throw those five picks. But other than that, and then, of course, my pick of the week was on that, even though it was a little, little asterisk on it when I made the uh, – the qualifier last week that with the Rivers concussion, I didn't have, I didn't hear any rumblings at all about Peterman maybe taking over for Tyrod. And, I thought that uh, was the answer. You're only going to play it if, if Peterman is going to get in the start behind center. <laughs> yeah, just start throwing out random backups and making random asterisks on it. Um, yeah, no, it, uh, it's kind of like Tyrod's just the model of consistently being average and never taking any chances, and Peterman's like the exact the epitome of the opposite uh, last week. So. It was a little frustrating to lose that one, but I you know four and one. Uh, I take that every week. I need a couple more of those to, <laughs> to kind of rebound the season here. So, um, yeah, let's keep her going. Uh, hopefully, uh, week twelve will be as kind as week eleven was. Um, so now I know you alluded to it. Um, we'll talk about the games where the number came into play last week. Getting the best of the number. So, which games uh, in particular last week were the ones where the, uh, where the number came into play? Yeah, we had a few here. Um, again, not not like it was widely available necessarily, but yeah, the Cincinnati Denver game, like I had, uh, this is that not not that I had, but in that game, uh, the total actually opened forty and it closed uh, probably about thirty-seven and a half, but it landed on thirty-seven. Uh, but there was a few thirty-sevens offshore that popped up throughout the week. Again, not widely available, but something to take note of. And on top of that, they did miss an extra point uh, since he did, which could have uh, you know obviously if it moved it to thirty-eight, then it definitely would have been a huge. Uh, getting the best of number uh, in this segment here. But uh, same goes for Detroit and Chicago, like I already alluded to. Uh, I got three and a half actually on that game, I think minus 115. But it, uh, again, wasn't super widely available. And there also was some two and a halfs that popped on Detroit. So you really could have bet either side if you had enough outs and happened to get it at the right time. Again, a little nitpicky, but uh, definitely is available at some point throughout the week. So those are the two examples. And uh, there's a few other ones, even that, that total and that uh, Tampa Bay game with Miami. That that would have been came right into play. It would have landed on, I believe, what uh, forty three. So that would have been, that would have came on a. That would have been a big one if uh, they went to got that, uh, fumble recovery in the end zone there at the end. So, um, not that it came into play final score, but if they didn't have that fluky play at the end, it, it would have came right into play. So something to keep in mind. All right, let's uh, uh, head right on over to week twelve and then jump into the card here and. We'll start it off with the three Thanksgiving Day games. Uh, first one, morning one. I'm excited to to watch this uh, this week with you. See if uh, the the Vikings can finally topple Detroit here. They've kind of been a know, an annoying little uh, you know in their uh, whatever just bug in their side here, or whatever the whatever the expression is. Or the last year and a half, it seems like every time the Vikings are primed to. You know, kind of make some separation in the division, and they just keep, uh, you know, Detroit's their little bugaboo. So let's see if they can finally topple them this week and, and for all intents and purposes, kind of lock up the division here. Um, so the Vikings head to Detroit, and it looks like they're laying three, basically. There's some two and a half with some juice, uh, and the total of 45, 45 and a half. Yeah, my power in here, Minnesota minus one. Westgate, uh, which we use for the opener every week, the, the came in as a pick, a pick em. and then uh, the look headline was at Westgate was Detroit minus one and a half. So, pretty pretty remarkable move here. Not remarkable, but big big move here. Uh, at, even at open, I was going to take a plus one on Minnesota. I thought it was a little kind of ridiculous. Not that I necessarily want the Minnesota side here, uh, just because you know they're going to be highly valued and everything else. Uh, they're getting to be more of a public team every week, especially after beating a huge public team in the Rams last week. But 
I just saw that number was a little light and thought it was only going to be going, you know, Minnesota's way. And obviously, next thing I look, I blink and it's up to three. So, decent move already on Minnesota. And um, I don't, you know, I, but you talk about where I like it now. I think it's uh, definitely a little bit of value on Detroit. I don't really see, I think it's even maybe gone too far a little bit. I didn't think it would actually get to three and specifically this quickly. So, um, I'm, I'm looking at the Detroit side. If you get a flat three, I think that's probably where the value is here. I think, you know, Minnesota's been riding high. Kean's been playing about as good he possibly can look and playing really well the last three, four weeks here. So, um, against, you know, some decent team, like obviously last week a really good team. So, on a decent defense. So, I think, uh, maybe due for a little bit of regression here, but even Detroit, I'm not super, you know, in on their team by any means, but I think this might be something where, like you mentioned, they, they've had the best of the series and might have, a little bit of false confidence to go here and on a, on a big big primetime game obviously you're going to get the efforts of both these two teams so definitely look towards the Detroit side we'll kind of see if this number gets bet back at all uh from the, the sharp guys here uh at a flat three it looks like it maybe has a little bit but won't be surprised if the public gets involved some more and, and moves it up uh maybe even if it got here this quick yeah so back in week what was it three or four or whatever um week four there when the, the Vikings played the Lions the first time and they lost 14-7 to at home. That was my first two-unit release of the season on the Vikes, and I remember they were laying a, a short price. I remember it was about a field goal or so. And uh, I just remember that my, my case there was this double revenge game. They lost to them both times last year, and that was ultimately kind of what kept them out of the playoffs was losing to Detroit. Figured they'd come out with a pretty good effort. And, uh, you know, they, they pretty much... Not, I don't want to say dominated, but they definitely got the better of Detroit that game. They just same same uh, story. It happens every time they play Detroit. Is there's they lost turnover battle. I remember that was uh, the game where Cook tore his ACL and just dropped the ball. And then uh, they had a couple other turnovers too. And so that's just been the story every time. Is the Vikings outplay them? I think they're a better team just about across the board outside of quarterback. And you could argue Keenum's been. You know, playing as good as Stafford, which I think that's gonna, you know, that's kind of fool's gold, and he's gonna turn back into a pumpkin here at some point. But uh, you know, who's to say it's necessarily this week? It, you know, it's been he's been riding pretty high for a handful of weeks, so um, I know it's not necessarily even if you think it's kind of a mirage, it doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna totally fade away this week here. So um, I just think it's, now it's a triple revenge spot, <laughs> and one of these games, three times a charm. Yeah, I mean, one of these games here, fluky stuff, and it's not going to happen, and you know, the better team is going to going to win the game. And so I, I like the Vikings quite a bit, especially you know at the pick. But now when it's up here to where it's at three, and you know maybe it might even go higher. Or they might add some juice to that, or you know, like you said, it'll be interesting to see if there's any buyback. Because uh, if it does get back below three, I'd probably be interested in taking the Vikings. But I think if you didn't get on them before it's up here, you kind of miss the boat. And at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of indifferent. It, it does look kind of tempting to take the three at home. It looks like that's like the typical, you know, sharper move there. But at the same time, I just think the Vikings are just such a better team. The Lions pretty much across the board and much better coached. So I don't necessarily want to chase the steam and jump on the Vikings now that it's moved to three. I also don't really have any interest in backing Detroit here. So for me, it's just if there's any buyback, it might tempt me back into the Vikings side or else just kind of a stay away and, enjoy the game and, and uh, you know, hang out and get Thanksgiving started off in a stress-free environment other than from a fan standpoint. Uh, next game is kind of an interesting one. you got the Chargers heading to Dallas. Looks like it's about a pick, a total of 48. 
Yeah, a little surprise with this one here. My power rating Dallas minus two and a half. The opener Dallas minus three and a half. Uh, again, this was before the Sunday night game when they first put the game out. Uh, look ahead line to Dallas minus four. Had a little bit of adjustment, I think, after that Monday night game. Or sorry, the Sunday night game on on Monday. There's a little bit of an adjustment Monday morning. Obviously, it came below three. I don't know the exact number. I'm trying to remember. I'm looking at it now, but it wasn't all. It was yeah. I think they opened it back at, up at two and a half, and then. Uh, or maybe even a one. I mean, I've seen one, but there's still been some Chargers money, that's for sure. It's not just uh, the one game that's been, you know, the bookmakers changed the numbers. So, I, I don't know. Um, it seems to me like the value's on Dallas here. It seems seems like a little bit of an overreaction on both sides here for the Dallas downwards and the Chargers upwards. I'd say uh, the Chargers on a little bit of a run. Yeah, I get it. They have a pretty good defense, and I think Dallas, you know, the the team that they got injuries. It'll be really interesting to see, just like last week. If if Sean Lee plays, obviously that's a huge huge question. Uh, it looks like I'm looking now. It looks like he just got announced out. But uh, you know, Tyron Smith, obviously the left tackle, he's a big big question mark too. I don't think it was as big of a deal last week as it was the week before against the Falcons for Dallas. But obviously, it'd still be a huge key to get him in there just to not have to worry about protecting his left side and that uh, Prescott's left side as much as they had to last uh, last game. So I would like to get Sean Lee in, but it looks like yeah, he's going to be out. It's uh, another another time it's going to be tough with the defense. Uh, I, I did like the total as well. I, I like this under. It's right now it's sitting at 48. I think there's some value on the under. Um, like I said, the Chargers get pretty good defense, and there's they, I think you're getting a little bit of value just from the way they looked last week when they kind of blew out. You know, just looked pretty pretty good against that Buffalo team when they're kind of the whole team in shambles with uh, you know, your boy, the backup uh, Peterman, and and. Uh, behind the behind center which obviously was a disaster and has been getting stuff all you know all week on social media and everything about that that decision and everything like that but um i think it might be you know a little bit of an overreaction here with the the chargers and and their their offense and everything else because it was i think their offense has been struggling pretty much all season uh at least it's not as good as they usually look being a philip rivers led offense so like i said i think you got some value here on dallas and uh and a little bit you know a little bit under the total as well yeah, you look before that game and the Chargers have scored 17, 13, 21, 17. Yeah, so they really haven't been haven't been putting up a ton of points. So if you think they're going to be competitive in this game, which you know the line tells you they should, and this should be a good game, both teams need to win it pretty bad to stay in their respective uh, you know playoff races. So it should be a pretty hard fought game. Usually these you know interconference ones we talked about tend to be higher scoring because they're the least important. But in this particular case, I think you can kind of throw that out the window. Uh, you know, the Chargers being at 4-6, and six, a couple games back of the Chiefs in their division, and then that horrible AFC wildcard race, they're right in it somehow. <laughs> and then you got the Cowboys in a stronger NFC wildcard race at 5-5. Five and five. Um, You know, they're a couple games back, so they need this game pretty badly too to, to keep in it. So it should be a pretty hardly fought contest, and usually in those, um, the unders, kind of the way to look in general and uh, so I do think this number is a little high as far as the side goes um, my first instinct was the same as yours I'm like you know this game I figured it was going to be about three or so figuring the teams are pretty equal and and what have you and but uh, the more I think about it uh, I think I think the Chargers do have a pretty big edge in this game the fact that one of their strengths is you know their pass rush and then probably their quarterback play and the Cowboys offensive line, you know, whether it looks like Smith's, uh, you know, I said he's hoped to be back for Thursday, but it's like, all right, the guys, 
not in there. Now it's a short week, so even if he does come back, he's probably not going to be 100%. And uh, you know, and, and then on a short week like that, it's just you know, less time is the better, or you know, the, the worse for them. So I think if uh, the Chargers get a lot of pressure on Dak, who, who's I think he's a pretty solid quarterback, but I don't think he's transcendent to the point where if you rush him, he can overcome that. And then it, you don't want to overreact to what you saw, you know, last time and on a primetime game, because usually a team that gets killed in primetime is coming back with a pretty good effort the next week. But Dak just kind of looked off to me. And whether, you know, that's just, you know, recency bias from what you just saw or whether there's something more to it, I don't know. But, you know, as someone who was playing, that was one of my games that I really needed to win in fantasy. Uh, that guy had Dak as his quarterback. He ended up with minus two points. And there's a little bit what the Eagles were doing, but it was also, gee, just just didn't look right for whatever reason. So I think, if they can get a decent pass rush on them, I, I trust, you know, Rivers will not put up a ton of points, but, you know, put up a 17, 20, 24, somewhere in there. Um, and maybe their defense can create some turnovers and give them some short fields. So even though the number, I think the value is probably on Dallas, I just really think the Chargers are going to win this game. So, I, you know, it's kind of, uh, you don't want to just jump on the bandwagon and the steam of everybody saying, oh, here come the Chargers. Cause I know a lot of people have said, they're going to make the playoffs, even that with the four and six records. You don't want to be, you know, Johnny come lately, just jumping on the end of the steam bandwagon. But uh, the way, you know, the way it looks to me, I just, I really think they're going to win the game. So that's really the only way I'd look. I don't know if I'm going to be end up betting it or not. And the night game is a lot less interesting for the most part. We got uh, the Giants heading to Washington. Washington laying seven, seven and a half with a total of forty four and a half. Yeah, my power in here, Washington minus eight. Westgate open, Washington seven and a half, and the look ahead line, Washington eight and a half. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have much to say in this game, like you said. Definitely the you know, the ugly child out of these three on the on the Thursday night slate or the Thursday you know a little bit about that, huh? Oh yeah, good one. <laughs> good one. And uh um so yeah, lost my train of thought there. But no, yeah, um it doesn't you know, it's not gonna be too an attract too much of an attractive game and obviously just where my my, my numbers are, it's not gonna be too much of big of a, a betting attraction either for myself personally. I mean, obviously I'm going to lean anywhere. I'm going to be looking at taking the Giants and the points, getting the hook. I mean, that's, you know, just judge, judging off the number. But I just really don't trust this Giants team. And I the other problem, too, is I bet you this number would be coming in at double digits for sure if they would have – for sure if they would have got blown out or lost and not covered uh, against Kansas City last week. But when they had that big win in cover, that saved the books a ton of money. I know that for sure. And then and they, obviously the public, too, are thinking, oh, maybe this team's back a little bit and whatever. But – like I said, if you're getting double digits here, if they would have lost, then that that'd be something a lot more to take a look at. But sitting here in the seven and a half, seven range, wherever, seven with juice, it's you know just not a number. Or I think you're getting a whole lot of value personally. So most likely, maybe take a nap or something during this game after a, a long uh, Thanksgiving afternoon. Yeah, I think I don't even I don't even have a recommendation basically anyway in this game. I I uh, don't really want to lay. This kind of price with the Redskins, especially after Chris Thompson goes down last week, I think he was one of their best playmakers, you know, outside of Cousins, if not their best playmaker. So that's kind of scary to be laying points with a team that, you know, you don't really feel fully confident they're going to be able to score a ton. But then at the same token of the coin, you know, the Giants, maybe they just had one step-up effort and, uh, you know, they got a win and now they're going to go back to totally tanking and hardly trying. Or... You know, they're going to look competitive again. It's just kind of, it's hard to really know what to make of either of these teams. So, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, 
you don't have to worry about holding off, getting the drinks flowing too hard, because and to make sure your mind's right to bet the last game, and just put a hard pass on the game and don't even worry about it, and and start firing up the drink a little bit earlier. So now we'll head to the Sunday games, and uh, the first one here is a pretty great AFC North showdown. You got uh, Cleveland heading to Cincinnati. Cincinnati laying eight, a total of thirty-eight. Yeah, barn burner, like you said, it's a, it's a good matchup. Can't wait. Um, nice way to start the Sunday night slate or Sunday after Sunday morning slash afternoon slate. Uh, power rating here: Cincy minus seven and a half. Westgate open: Cincy minus eight. Look at lines: Cincy minus eight. And you know that's pretty much what we're seeing: eight, eight and a half, nine. Uh, obviously, uh, maybe a little bit of value on Cleveland, but I mean, where's that guy the last uh, last few weeks? I mean, clearly with them, they just. Uh, we don't I mean, have don't win. victories. So we don't win. win anymore. But um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just kind of annoying. I was on Cleveland again last week just from uh, somebody I follow. And just pretty frustrating. I don't know. <laughs> again, right in the game, she could maybe win it outright if they you know put a drive together and then they came and, and then at the end they came and cover a, you know, more than a touchdown spread. So it's uh, a team that's you know maybe unbettable but i don't know if you looked at my twitter too i released uh, or not released i posted something uh i think they're what 5 and 20 or so i don't know so basically like 20% against the spread since uh, the start of the 2016 season it's like that's just so god awful i think the next closest team i didn't put it on my twitter but i think the next closest team in that time span was like 38% 31% something like that so i mean they're just well behind the league even in you know as a short term you know 2 years a year and a half whatever you want to call it but it's just uh, you know so hard to bet on this team. But then you look on the other side. It's like okay, do you really want to be laying more than a touchdown with Cincy? I mean, they really shouldn't be laying more than a touchdown to anybody right now. So with this team and the way they can't score points and just have a lot of a lot of problems. So I mean, definitely just a stay away from me. I think it's just a tough game to bet. And uh, like I said, with let's see which team can blow it. Yeah, no, I I didn't release it as a play, but I had some personal money on uh, Cleveland last week, and I was oh, walking up to cash club, my ticket huh? when I what you were in the fan club, huh? Yeah, I was walking up to catch my ticket when I stubbed my toe there on a the chair. It was just just aggravating. I was I was honestly sitting there rooting um, as Cleveland had the ball and they were down five or whatever it was late. I was like, okay, just get to midfield. So at least if he throws an interception, they got a good chance to tackle him. And uh, then he had the one play where he fumbled. The Kaiser, the, the quarterback there for Cleveland, he had the one play where he fumbled. And uh, the Jacksonville D lineman picks it up clean which doesn't happen that often, and starts sprinting, and no one's even near him. He's going for the fumble six. And then the ref comes in out of nowhere, and I'm sitting there shaking my head, and the ref comes in out of nowhere, pointing at the ground and calls it down. And I'm like, okay, sweet, I got a break. They're, you know, finally maybe the, the cover luck will turn for Cleveland here. And I'm like, they're they're across midfield. Like, you know, this this should be about as safe as it gets. And, and then like three plays later, <laughs> Kaiser <laughs> fumble sixes it again, and they uh, don't cover. And then, of course, in, in typical Cleveland slash Kaiser fashion, they get the ball. They start driving down the field for the, the, the re-backdoor cover. And, uh, you know, he gets all the way down to, like, the 25-yard line with 30 seconds left, whatever it was. I'm like, all right, you know, maybe there's a chance they can, you know, you know Jacksonville's not going to be pressing up hard. Maybe they can finally sneak the back door. And, of course, not. They ran did out you, of have, time a, did you have any faith? Yeah. That I was watching, I was in the same boat, obviously. I watched that whole game and everything, yeah. too. But did you have any faith he was going to, even when he was going down there, it's like, I don't even want to. Not even gonna trick myself into thinking he's gonna make this here and then get a back door. Well, I I agree. That's what I felt kind of against the Lions a couple weeks ago when we were in the same spot. But I'm like, at one point, like more often than not, it seems like they they get those backdoor touchdowns because the defense lets up so much. And uh, more often than not, that 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 
you know, door is slightly ajar, and all it takes is someone to just gently push on it to get that cover. And uh, it's, it's just it's amazing how inept they are. And so I'm like, I don't like if you gave me one opportunity, I wouldn't feel great about it. But it's like I've been sitting here week after week, just hoping that one time, just out of chance, they get the cover in. And uh, it just hasn't happened. So luckily, I didn't have much on it, and I didn't release it as a play. But uh, man, it's just frustrating. It's like if it, the, every by every conceivable you know fact they should be covering, and it just they just can't do it. I don't know. Defy the odds. Like no pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, that being said, I'm probably gonna have a personal bet on him again. I just go back like to the well. Said, yeah, go. I mean, I gotta bring a bigger bucket this time and just head back to the well. And you know, um, I you just get your bu- upper no, body strength. Yeah, there's no way that uh, Cincinnati should be laying eight, eight and a half points against anybody with how just horrible their their offense has been and spotty their defense has been. And in Cleveland, they've they obviously they haven't won a game and they haven't covered in a while. But I mean, they've been, you know, they, I say this week after week, but they've been pretty competitive in a lot of these games, and they're right there at the end with a chance to win the game outright a lot of times, and they just find miraculous ways to non-cover. And you know, it's partially because they're just such a horrible team, but it's also, you know, even even if you are bad enough where you're giving up turnovers and such, the fact that you're fumble sixteen and pick sixteen against you constantly is just. It's just, it's just one of those things that's just unsustainable, in my opinion, no matter how bad you are. Because, like I said, if the Jacksonville guy just grabs it and falls over or doesn't pick it up cleanly or whatever, then they still cover that game. And uh, against the Lions, it's kind of the same same type of deal. So I just think sooner or later they're going to be covering these games and you're getting extra value. And, you know, they've been burning money so far, but uh, I don't think uh, I'm going to be letting up at least this week. So. I have a small personal bet, but I almost for sure won't be releasing it as a play just because it's, you know, it's never want to invest too much here in this Cleveland squad. Uh, next game is Chicago at Philadelphia. Philadelphia laying 13 and a half with a total of 44. Yeah, my power in here, Philadelphia minus 11. Westgate open, Philadelphia minus 11, and look at line 11 and a half. And uh, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of Philadelphia money already. Quite a decent amount here sitting at 13 and a half, like you mentioned. And I don't know, this is going to be a buy sign for me if it gets to 14, you know, two touchdowns. It's uh, I don't, Chicago's been definitely less impressive on the road, but at the same time, you know, 14 is just a lot to delay here against a team that's trying, that's capable, has a few weapons. You know, they got obviously a pretty good running game. I think Trubisky's shown a little bit of something. He's at least a little bit elusive in the pocket, which is obviously good to have if you're getting, you know, someone talking about backdoors or anything. And, and um, it, so I don't know. It would be, uh, you know, look, I'd look at the Chicago side, I think, for sure. I don't. I just don't know how you lay this many points, but obviously that's what people have been doing the last, the public has been doing the last few weeks, and it's been working out really well for them. So who am I to say uh, that's not a good strategy, but I'm, I'm not going to be the, the guy to be buying in or start following that anytime soon. So like I said, I think a little bit of value here on Chicago, just uh, just off the two team names alone, then let alone the, the high point spread. So I would, uh, you know, look to the Chicago side, especially if it gets up to 14. Yeah, I... I I would like it a lot at fourteen, and I still think it's probably worthy of a bet at thirteen and a half. The you know the Eagles the last couple games at home they've I just in general I guess they you know they bolt raced the Cowboys last night or two nights ago. Um, they did the same to the Broncos at home the week before. The same to the Niners the week before that, and uh, then they won pretty comfortably by ten against the Redskins the week before that. So they've been you know about as impressive as it gets and and putting up. Point total is above 30, 
um, four weeks straight now. So, uh, you know, that's where the number's coming from, understandably so. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a horrible performance for him, but it's definitely a letdown spot, you know, going against the second-place person in your division, division rival. Um, you know, they've kind of been the, you know, they were been the leader in the division the last few years. They've been one of the better teams, and you've kind of been the, you know, looking at them, the, the little younger brother uh, syndrome there, and you finally get a chance to kind of stick it to them in their own house in prime time. And now you can turn around on a you know, slightly shorter week and, and head back home, and now you play this scrub Bears team that's just about as un, unattractive as it gets offensively. And uh, there's no way they're going to be completely focused here. And then you get a Bears team that is coached horribly with Fox, which is pretty annoying if you're trying to back them. Uh, but other than that, they're super conservative. They run the ball and shorten the game. They have a pretty pretty solid defense for the most part. And, uh, you know, it's just the perfect profile for a team to catch points. Um, so if, if they get down a bunch right away, yeah, you're probably screwed. And I don't really trust Trubisky to necessarily come back and, and make it competitive late where you could get a cover. Um, but at the same time, they're the type of team where even if they do drop, you know, get down 10 early, they'll still keep running the ball. And, you know, if they can get a score or two or a turnover here or there, uh, they'll start in the game for you and make the 14 even harder to cover. Uh, it's not They're not going to turn it into a track meet where it's going to kind of minimize the points. So um, I'll be betting this whether whether it be a 13 and a half, but I'm going to hold out and hopefully wait and see if it gets to a 14. If it gets to a 14, then uh, I really like this game. Next game is Miami at New England. Uh, New England land 16 and a half. Uh, some 17s with juice to the dog. Or, but yeah, um, and a total of 47 and a half, 48. Yeah, my uh, power rating here in New England minus 13 and a half. I think probably my highest power rating all year on on two teams. I, I think from what I, what I can recollect. And then uh, Westgate Open New England minus 15 and a half, and the look ahead line was 14 and a half. And uh, some early New England money. I mean, I don't know. It's I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not gonna be laying. I don't lay double digits. I don't lay more than the touch. I'm def- sure as hell not gonna be laying two touchdowns or more. Um, now you're talking about two touchdowns and a field goal, so uh, at some shops, so it's just uh, a lot of points. Uh, obviously, I'm be looking at the Miami side. It's just a matter of do I want to hold my nose and do it or not. So I think it, handicap's pretty simple there on the side perspective. The one thing I do like uh, that I like more, even like I said, I'll probably have some Miami in my pocket before kickoff, just out of principle. But on the side, uh, for the side I do, but for the total, I think uh, I think there's a little bit of value on the over personally. Uh, Forty, if you can get it under 48 or anything less than 48, I should say. I like the over just for the fact that I think you know New England's going to be that you know, high-powered offense. That's pretty obvious. But I think even Miami, if they, I, I like to see if, if Moore's be playing because I mean I think he's got a higher upside um, in a way. But even with even if Cutler is playing, he makes a lot of mistakes, which gives short fields and everything else. And I feel like this will just be kind of more of an open-up type of game where there'll be quite a few points scored. And I think uh, I, I like quite a bit. At uh, I would I would like to get a 47. There was a, a few of those at open, but. Wasn't really widely available at all, but yeah, forty-seven and a half. I think is still a decent bet over. So I'll be looking that way. The weather doesn't look too bad, and a little bit of wind, but not not as bad as uh you know to push me away from the game. So I think, uh, like I said, over the over here and maybe a small lane to Miami. Yeah, it will be interesting to see if Moore comes back in. Not that I I think him and Cutler are probably fairly equal quarterbacks uh, in terms of their ability. Maybe give the edge slightly to Cutler. And uh, but like we talked about at the beginning of the year, uh, you know. We said, you know, maybe Cutler will be a bet on once he kind of 
gets doctrinated into this offense and get builds up some chemistry with the guys and, and whatnot, but it really, for whatever reason, just hasn't uh, fully taken shape. And so at this point, with how the, their offense is performing, and I mean their team as, as a whole is just uh, pretty pretty anemic, um, I think it could only be an upgrade having more come in there, whether it actually be for any ability reasons or just as a somewhat of a you know maybe emotional spark to the team um i think it'd only be a positive and that uh, i I would slightly lean taking the points with miami and slightly lean the over with you as well and if more gets announced for sure the starter i think both those would get a, a slight boost in terms of how much i like them so i don't think i'll be heavy on this game in any respect but uh, i would lean both those ways as well next game we got buffalo uh, heading to Kansas City, Kansas City laying 10 with a total of 45, 45 and a half. Yeah, my power in here, Kansas City minus 7 and a half. The Westgate open, Kansas City 9 and a half, and the look ahead was Kansas City 7 and a half. I don't know, I think this is a little bit of an overreaction as well. I mean, again, it looks like Tyrod's getting the start, and he looked you know, pretty good at the end of the game, or decent at the end of the game when he was came in in relief, but... um Again, that's against uh, you know backups for the the Chargers defense. They're playing prevent. They're you know playing soft, a lot of cushion. So you can't really put much into that. But I think Kansas City's been struggling. They've what lost four of the last five and came off a bye and a perfect Andy Reid spot. That's everybody was everybody talks about all week last week, and, and they get beat by uh, the Giants team on the road there, laying laying that many points, laying double digits. So that's a pretty big. Pretty big loss on their side. You know, I got a future on Kansas City to win the division, so that wasn't good for my pocket. I mean, it's still a pretty good bet. I still got some good value on it, but that would have been kind of a slam dunk if they would have won that game, if uh, which they very well should have. Um, but so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how you can lay double digits with this Kansas City team right now, especially against a pretty close close to being a playoff team, Buffalo. Not that they're actually a playoff team, but just by the rankings wise. So I mean, I think they kind of get it back together and ride the ship. I mean, this is a step-up spot for Buffalo, or not step-up, but, you know, something where they need to play good in this game if they're going to show anything. And if they don't play good here, I think it's going to be tough to bet on this team the rest of the, rest of the year. So I think I'm going to probably have a bet on them here at 10. Uh, it'd be nice if I get it a little bit higher. I don't think we'll get any higher. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they're, you know, they'll keep it in check at 10. But I'll be probably having a bet here on Buffalo. And, if like I said, if they get blown out here, everything. I know it's a good spot for Kansas City just because they've kind of got embarrassed the last few weeks. But especially last week, so I know they're going to be at their full motivation, so it's not a necessarily a great spot, but I think Buffalo needs to show something here if they want to show that they're a true playoff contender. But if they, like I said, if they can't do it this week, I probably won't be betting on them much the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, how how crazy is that? If you just, you know, when you look at a game, you can kind of break down the from each side and make a case or, you know, talk about the perspective of each team here. If you just take the Buffalo side out of the equation and you talk about Kansas City and you say, okay, this team just lost a, a game to the, the horrible Giants where they didn't score 10 points total and looked about as bad as it gets uh, coming off a bye in what should have been a pretty decent spot for them. And now they come back home and they're laying 10 points to somebody. <laughs> you would say, you know, that's just, that's craziness. But then obviously when you factor in Buffalo's side of the equation uh, and you say, well, yeah, they got blown out of San Diego and they had Peterman in there and, Looked about as bad as you possibly could for an NFL quarterback, um, you know. That, and and they've been blown out here a couple weeks in a row. We had the Saints the week before that, uh, and then looked fairly uncompetitive against the Jets the week before that. So, um, uh, it kind of makes sense why the numbers up high, but this just this just seems too high to me. 
And I think it is one of those things if, if Tyrod gets announced the starter, which I don't know if it's for sure or not. Do you know if it's for sure or not? On my screen, it's showing him as a starter, but I'm not. I haven't heard reports that's 100% confirmed or anything along those lines. Okay, I'm seeing one thing here that says, "Don't assume the Bills will turn back to Tyrod against the Chiefs." Um, but is I, I, I guess I would wait because I with I think Peterman it may have just been a first game deal, but I'd say he's unbackable at this point, at least with any of my money. After watching that, I'd have to see a little bit uh, a little bit of positive evidence that he could actually. You only put you, you know, only put your money on you know legitimate quarterbacks behind center like you know just on Kaiser and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need to at least show me a little something like you know Kaiser's chief. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, so, but if you have Tyrod, like I was saying a little bit earlier, um, you know, he's just kind of the epitome of conservative, you know, not taking shots, which is pretty low ceiling wise for your team. Uh, when you talk about their prospects for the year, uh, I think that's why the Buffalo management thought they needed to make a move because they just knew that, uh, Tyrod just a super conservative you know, swing it, check down to the backs, hit some tight ends, but he doesn't really get the receivers involved much, doesn't really take shots too often. And they said there's just a lot of stuff he was missing on when they watched the tape back and they wanted him to, they were urging him to try to take some more shots deep and he just, you know, either didn't see it or refused to do it, one or the other. And they just realized, okay, our ceiling's um, just not that high. So we want to try to mix it up. And obviously that just went horrible last week. And uh, so now if they do go back to him, It'll you know he'll hopefully I'm sure he'll, he'll be pretty motivated to try to prove that they made the wrong decision, uh, but at the same time I don't think he's going to have a five turnover game by any means. So a team like that kind of like almost goes back to my Chicago um, case is you got a team like that that's going to be ultra conservative. They run the ball a decent amount. Um, you know catching ten points against a team that can't score that sounds like a pretty attractive um, situation to me. I mean the last couple of weeks here the. The Chiefs have scored nine points, seventeen points, and uh, the only week the week before that against Denver, they did put up twenty nine. But uh, as a whole, they, their offense hasn't really looked too great the the last month or so here. So they're a team that laying ten just doesn't really seem like an ideal fit for at the moment. Um, so the, the only the only concern here would be is Buffalo just going to be not competitively getting blown out because um, you know they kind of I think you kind of throw last. Last week's game out the window a little bit because they're in a lot of short fields, but then when you compa- combine that with the Saints just running over them with basically no resistance the week before that, and then giving up 31 to the Jets the week before that, um, it could just be a case where the the defense is just either really bad at this point or just kind of quit, and that's obviously a concern. So you can't feel too confident, uh, but I think more times than not they'll be able to cover this 10 here this week. Next game is Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Uh, looks like Atlanta's laying nine and a half, ten at home with a total of forty-nine. Yeah, my power in here: Atlanta minus eight and a half. Westgate open Atlanta eight and a half, and the look at line was Atlanta not minus nine. And I don't know. Yeah, power rains tell me a small lean towards Tampa, but even then, I'm, I'm not going to be involved in this game. I don't think. I mean, I was against Atlanta, rooting for against Atlanta last uh, last night, and they just they looked a lot like they're. I think I mentioned a few weeks ago that they have the best uh, yards per play between offense and defense. I think it went 1.1, which is the same as what they had the year before when they went to the Super Bowl. And that the reason why it wasn't really translating as well is they just really weren't doing good uh, in the red zone. But this is a little bit of a scary team, I think. I think I didn't expect them to play as well as they did last night, and they looked pretty complete. I mean, even the defense, obviously, 
got gashed a little bit, but I mean, that's kind of what happened last year as well. They just kind of outscored people and their offense is starting to little, click a little bit. Julio's getting involved. So, I mean, this kind of, to me, has a little bit of a blowout, blowout written all over it. I think they're kind of rolling right now and I didn't really like much from what I saw from Tampa. I mean, your boy Ryan Fitzpatrick, or as I like to say, you know, Fitzmagic, but, uh, You know, he, uh, I had him last week and it was, uh, you know, he definitely made some good throws. He looked decent back there. I mean, um, I don't know. It, he didn't, he didn't burn, you know, burn the forest down by any means, but he definitely, uh, he had some, he had some flashes of good, but I mean, this defense, I think it's what's definitely in the vulnerability. I know we mentioned it probably about a month and a half ago about how bad this defense is probably the worst rated defense in the league. And I think I kind of almost not necessarily forgot, but just kind of as, I don't really think they played people that are going to expose it, and I think this is definitely a game where it might get exposed here. So, I mean, high total, big point spread. To me, it just kind of has a blowout. I, I don't really want to be involved uh, really in this game much at all. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, Fitzpatrick's 2-0 and coming in as the starter and, you know, like putting up 30 points last week, and, you know, I think they're rolling right now. That seems like a lot of points to be getting them. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I heard somebody making the case uh, a couple days ago, you know, saying – you know, after they won against the Dolphins, like he's two and zero as a starter, and so okay, they play the Jets and the Dolphins, and the Jets was just a weird game. They won fifteen ten, and the Dolphins was just a you know sloppy game to watch in general. So I think the thing, I you're, think can... the thing you're forgetting about though is <laughs> you should have dubbed in the beginning of that saying fits. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's true. Um, so I mean, I just don't, I don't take a whole lot away from those and the positive for Tampa. Um, and like you basically said with Atlanta, they, uh, they do have the, the really good metrics behind them and they have started to look a little bit more right and more like the, the last year's squad, the last couple weeks. So not really looking to step in front of them, um, with this team, Tampa team, cause I just don't trust them. And Fitzpatrick's, he's kind of a little bit like Keenum where, you know, maybe he'll roll for a while and look pretty competent and somebody will talk him into signing him for a, a decent sized contract or rolling with them as a starter for a while and then he has that four pick game and you're like oh okay that's that's why he wasn't you know widely heralded as a starter and uh you know whether that's this week or not i'm not sure uh but even if it's not uh, i still think if atlanta gets his offense going against what's been a pretty garbage bucks defense i don't know if i necessarily trust Fitzpatrick to keep up uh, regardless here so not a big fan of laying double digits or you know even nine and a half and i don't think i'm going to quite get to the window here with atlanta but uh, I also don't really have a whole lot of interest in Tampa. So for me, I'll uh, probably just be sitting on the sideline in this one. Next game, we got Carolina heading to the Jets. Carolina land four and a half or four on the road with a total of 39 and a half, 40. Yeah, my power rating here, Carolina minus three. Westgate open, Carolina four and a half. And look at line with Carolina minus four. So um, I'm not really sure. Obviously, it's not a big move, but I don't know what's changed. Both these teams are coming off of buys. Um, so, I mean... I don't know how they really – you'd think that whatever the look-ahead line is, it's going to be the same, but uh, clearly not. I mean, once uh, I guess once the betters get a hold of it a little bit, so a little bit of Carolina, Carolina money, obviously. But obviously, just my power rating, I think it's a little high. I think, uh, you know, the Jets are the side here. Like I said, both coming off the bye, and I know Carolina's been a good team. I think they're they're kind of been a quiet team. What are they, 7-2, and two, I think? 7-3. Seven 7-3, and what, seven seven and three. Three, yeah. So it's even a little bit of a quiet team and not getting much as much attention as, like, the Saints – or even the Falcons in that South division there, but I think they're, um, I don't know, I, I just don't really, I'm not really in love with this team by any means. I think they're a little bit phony, even though they haven't got a whole lot of publicity necessarily. I think they're 
you know, the defense is solid, but um, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sold that Cam's back to like he was a few years ago. But so I, don't know, I like the Jets here, a small lean, or like him a decent amount. But I'll kind of wait and see where this number goes. And, you know, for sure, if it gets any higher, like if it gets to a six, it'll be an auto buy for me. And probably even where it's at right now, I'll probably have a little bit of Jets in my pocket. Yeah, it's interesting when you think about how bad the Jets were supposed to be. Their home games this year, they beat the Dolphins by 14. They beat Jacksonville by three, which looks like a lot better win now than it did then. They lost to the Pats by seven, a game which they usually could have won. They lost to the Falcons by five in kind of a weird rainy game that they they could have won. And they beat the Bills by 13. So when you look at that, you know, their worst loss is by seven, and that was kind of fluky in its own right. So um, they've been pretty competitive here at home, and, you know, both teams are coming off a bye. I don't really see a huge advantage either way there. About uh, both coaching staffs, I'm kind of lukewarm on. I don't really have any strong opinions, so I don't really favor one side or the other a bunch. So it does seem like four and a half uh, is kind of worthy of a bet there towards the Jets, um, especially if the public does look at the records and see seven and three on Carolina and uh, you know thinks they're kind of rounding into form here and, and bets that number up. Then I'd really be interested. I think at the current price, it's worthy of a you know, small to an average size bet, and if it gets up to you know in the six, six or even seven range, um, then I think it'd be worthy of a pretty large bet. So, I think uh, that's the side I'd look here. Next game, we got Tennessee at Indianapolis. Tennessee laying three, three and a half on the road with a total of forty-four. Yeah, my power rating here: Tennessee minus one and a half. The Westgate Open: Tennessee minus four and a half. And the look ahead line was Tennessee minus six and a half. I don't know. I, as soon as this came open, it opened right, like I said, to four and a half, right where that Carolina Jets game was, and I felt like it's, you know, that's a, pretty much an auto bet for me. I feel like this indie team is definitely capable. They're they're trying hard, but I just don't know what the. I know Percet uh, Jacoby's in the concussion, so I'm not really sure what the deal is with that or what the stats on him is. And I think he's been a pretty, pretty good player. I think he's kind of keeping that team at least competitive. I know they were playing the last game. They aren't coming off a bye as well, but um, they. And then Tennessee obviously coming off extra rest from that Thursday night game. But you know, Indianapolis, actually both these teams both played against Pittsburgh last, didn't they? I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty, uh, pretty coincidental. But um, I think, uh, like I said, if, if I would have bet it immediately at open, if, if Brissett was for sure going to play and there wasn't any, any problems with him or issue of him or concern of him starting. But I don't really know why where the money's coming in already. Because, I mean, without Brissett, it seems like it's hard to bet on Indy, Indy here even getting three in a hook. So I don't know. Exactly, but you know, just judging my power ratings, obviously, I think it's you know should come down, and it has. But I, you know, I'm not going to be rushing the window by any means until I can for sure get something on him, and then you know, I might take a three and a half if I can still find one uh, by the time he's announced in. Yeah, this game's easy for me. Um, take, I'll take three and a half. I'll take three if Brissett's in. And as a guy who had some Peterman in his pocket last week, I don't want any Tolzien in my pocket this week. I'll tell you that much. No. So. <laughs> no, I've I've rode. Uh, I think actually last Thanksgiving I rode a little Tolzien plus nine against Pittsburgh, and uh, when Andy Luck was out, and I was like, oh, that's just too much. And I think they were at home against Pittsburgh, and I felt pretty confident about it, and they just got absolutely routed. So uh, and Tolzien was about as inept as you could possibly be. And I remember what was it, week two? I think they went out and played the Rams with or no week, yeah, week one. Uh, they went on and played the Rams with Tolzien, and they got routed 46-9, to and then came back and lost to the Cardinals at home. And I just don't want any part of uh, any part of Tolzien. So he just doesn't have any magic. Yeah, you don't have any Tolzien music? No, I don't, and I wish. <laughs> I have to dig deep into the old uh, 
trunk of che- you know chest of tricks there to pull up something in the future for that. But yeah, I just have no interest in him. So, I, but I do. I just think I don't think Tennessee's that good either, and I think Indianapolis has been pretty competitive. So, uh, I definitely like Indy's side here if you're going to give me a percent. And then, like I've said week after week with Indy, even though they only scored 37 total in their last game against the Steelers. Uh, and only 34 the week before that. I still think they're an over team, and I still think 44 is kind of low. So that's kind of, uh, you know, if, if Brissett's in, I'll be on Indian over in this game. Uh, then we got the afternoon games. Looks like we actually got four of them this week, which is kind of nice. It seems like it's been three there for a while, but I guess with no buys, uh, they're giving us an extra late game, which I kind of like. First one we got is a pretty good one, uh, New Orleans at the Rams. Looks like the Rams are laying two and a half with a little bit of juice at home, uh, with a total of fifty-three and a half. Yeah, I think you skipped a game there, but that's fine. We'll uh, get back to it, circle back. But um, yeah, the I got here. I had the Rams minus three and a half. My power rating, uh, Westgate opened the Rams minus two, and the look at line was Rams minus one and a half. Uh, just you know, judging on my power ratings here strictly, I you know I think there's a little bit of value on the Rams. I've actually already bet the Rams. I got a two and a half flat, I believe, over at South Point earlier when earlier this week when it came out. So I think. A little bit of value on the Rams here. I think the the Vikings kind of shut them down because they have a really good defense. I think that Vikings defense might be a little undervalued. I, don't, I wasn't really surprised by any means, but I think it's just the media and everything I've heard. It seems like people are kind of surprised that they shut down that high-powered Rams defense. So I think we might see a little bit of a and, – and on the other token of the coin, I think the, the the Saints defense is a little little vulnerable as well. I've never really been sold on them being completely fixed because they were the worst defense by far last year. And everyone's out kind of saying, oh, they're, they're, they're good defense again. And I just don't really necessarily buy that. I think they're definitely improved, but that's a far cry from saying they're above, you know, above average by any means. So I think they're, you know, below average defense still, and they kind of got, uh, you know, they found some faults last week with uh, with Cousins and the Redskins. They definitely, there's a few plays where they just had, I don't know if they're missed assignments or what, but they were just wide open. There's nobody within 10 yards of the, the guys, and it was just easy touchdowns and easy catches. One player that had an all-out blitz where all he had to do was throw it up to his guy, and there's nobody with nobody even close to him. So, I mean, they're going to be doing stuff like that. I mean, I just think Goff's going to, and the, and the Rams' offense will get back into motion here, and 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 put up some points. Obviously, have a high total, but I think this will be a this will be a game. I think the Rams are going to take care of, and I think they'll stop the the, the Saints' you know big winning streak. Although I do think the Saints are definitely a good team. I, I saw it pretty pretty clear, but I think uh, I think the Rams win this by more than three points here. Yeah, I've been shocked by the the national um, reaction to that Saints win last week. You know, they were down fifteen late, and you know give. Give Breeze and Peyton and all them credit for coming back and and pulling that game out, uh, but you know basically if they didn't get you know some help or the, the Redskins put a couple plays together they're late, no matter regardless of their effort they went to come back and won that so they needed some help when they put themselves in that position, and I think the uh, the Saints are a decent team, um, but you know they they had a game that they by all rights should have lost last week, and then they routed the Bills which. That you know, going into somewhere and routing a team is impressive, but who knows how how impressive a win that is? And they took care of business against the Bucks, the Bears, and the Packers without uh, Rodgers before that. So, yeah, they've won eight games in a row, and just, I know tons of credit. But everyone's ranking them as their second to fourth best team in the league from all the different you know herd hierarchy and power rankings and top fives and. All these different things from the national, you know, non-betting media, and uh, I just I think I think they're a solid team. I, you know, Breeze is is good, and they, you know, they got a good offense. And their defense has played better than it has in years past. But yeah, like like you said, I'm I think they're improved. But I'm not sold on them being a a great defensive unit by any means. 
And uh, I think it's just more so about who they played and the timing they played people at. And um, this is the, basically their first, you know, Washington last week where they gave up 31. Other than that, this is the first good offense they've played since, what, Stafford and, and the Lions in Week 5. So uh, I think people, it's amazing how people just kind of lose track of context and perspective and just kind of say, oh, wow, wow, and they just sit there and knee-jerk reaction like fireworks going off instead of actually kind of keeping everything in perspective. And uh, I think when you look at it in that prism, uh, I, I definitely think the the Rams are a little cheap here. And then you got Road New Orleans, too, which has been a trend over a long time where uh, you send them on outside, uh, away from home, and they haven't been nearly as effective even when they were really good, uh, you know, whatever, six, seven years ago. Um, the, the one negative on the Rams is I made the case for the Vikings last week saying, you know, who have the Rams played? And, you know, that still holds true. Their only really good win is at Jacksonville, which is kind of a fluky game in its own right. And the, both their step-up games against the Seahawks and the Vikings, they've lost. So, you know, that would be a negative uh, against the Rams. But I think, uh, as with you, even though the total is a little high at 53.5, the only way I'd look would be over. I think both the offenses should have a decent amount of success. And I, I just think I trust the Rams' defense a little bit more. And uh, I think anything under three is a little cheap here. And, uh, you know, they're now coming off a loss. They're still first in the in the West, but at seven and three, I think they're going to be pretty motivated after being totally shut down by the Vikes last week to, to come out with a pretty good effort here. And the Saints, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll play hard, but coming off that, you know, emotional comeback win, there there could be a little bit of a chance for a letdown. Uh, I'm not saying that for sure, but I think it's definitely more possible they're going to let down in this spot than uh, than the Rams would. So I kind of like the Rams, and uh, I kind of like the over a little bit. I was gonna say real quick too. I don't. I never mentioned. I didn't say anything about the over uh, personally. If I liked it over, I just said it was a high total. But yeah, I think I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure where I lean. But I just want to say quickly too. I think a lot with this Rams team because I was saying it during the whole Vikings game last week, and me, Butter and I were watching the game here in my office. But it. Uh, I could just tell you. Could I could tell. I should have, which just kind of a detriment on me, but I could tell during the game that the the Rams defense was wearing down because the Vikings offense was on the field so much just because the defense for the Vikings was shutting down the Rams after that first drive. So I could kind of just tell, like I said to him about three or four times throughout the game, I was like, this Rams defense is getting gassed here. It's going to, eventually it's going to show. And I think that's a lot to do with it, why that was kind of much, so, much, so much of a blowout. So I think if, if the Rams offense could put up points, which I think they will be able to in this game against this New Orleans defense I'm not necessarily sold on. I think we'll definitely, in a, in in return, make that that defense a lot better too uh, to stop the New Orleans uh, you know game, running game and, and the passing game a little bit more. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, next game is Seattle at San Francisco. Looks like Seattle's laying seven on the road with a total of forty two, forty two and a half. Yeah, this one here, my power range Seattle minus six, Westgate open Seattle minus seven uh, again before the Monday night game, and then uh, this is uh, the look headline with Seattle minus eight and a half, and I think you know small lean towards San Francisco. I think I, I just don't really want to get involved in this team right now uh, after they came off a big win, now coming off a bye, which I don't really like teams coming off of buys as much after they came off a big victory, especially when they get their first win. So I think uh, they might be a little little too high here, uh, riding fat and happy just from a motivation standpoint or confidence standpoint, I should say. But um, the, the Seattle team's clearly banged up, and that's, you know, that's not, not a surprise at all. Clearly a lot of money came in last week or yesterday against them uh, on Atlanta. And, uh, everyone kind of could see that, but they still kind of could piece it together. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm just going to be staying away from this game, I think, pretty much. Yeah, this is, you know, you got Seattle on a short week, um, San Francisco coming off a bye. 
catching a touchdown at home in a division game with a somewhat of a lower total. It just kind of seems like uh, and technically it should be a spot where you're on San Francisco. Uh, but then we go back to, you know, Seattle. Kind of got a little bit of a heartbreaker there with Walsh kicking that field goal short. And then they really need it for the, for the playoff race and for the division. And, uh, you know, at this point, you trust, obviously, Russell Wilson. He's been playing pretty good. You trust him quite a bit more than, you know, Beathard or even if Garoppolo does play. I don't know. Do you, do you know who's going to be in there for him? Um, right now it's, it's Beathard for me. Okay. So, yeah, I would, I would expect him to be in there. And, uh, you know, they got their win uh, against the Giants. And and uh, they, they were celebrating the locker room like they'd won the Super Bowl. And everyone's... Oh, they didn't? I don't, <laughs> you didn't see the video? I don't think I did. Oh, they were all jumping around, and the um, what's his name, uh, Lynch, the the GM, came down and gave the game ball to Kyle Shanahan. So this is going to be the first of many of them, and you know, the, everyone was celebrating. And I heard, I read one quote. Uh, I forgot who it was from. It was one of the linemen or something saying like, basically, this is our Super Bowl, and you know, we couldn't be more happy to get a finally get a win in here, and you know, it came in the whatever and a good effort from the whole team, and it's like you beat the Giants, <laughs> right? <laughs> the Giants who have just been about as uncompetitive as they could be, other than last week, and so it's like you know, who knows if that's good or not going into a bye with having that kind of mentality, if they're really going to be putting in the work. So uh, if you get a motivated, angry Seattle team that's focused and needs to win a lot, and they don't have full focus, and you got Beathard in there. Um, you know, seven looks like a lot, but it could be, end up being a pretty short number. So I guess it's a long way of going about saying, uh, technically it seems like a spot where you should like San Francisco, but based on the individual context of this situation, I don't really have a lot of interest in backing them, but I also don't really, there's no way I'm going to be laying seven on the road with Seattle either. So, uh, just pass this one and move to the next game. Uh, next game up, we got Jacksonville at Arizona. Jacksonville laying four and a half on the road. I see a couple fives, a uh, total of 38. Yeah, my, my power rating here, Jacksonville minus four. Look at, or sorry, Westgate open, Jacksonville minus four. Look ahead line was Jacksonville minus three and a half. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, I think this line's kind of right where it should be. I don't think it can get much higher. I mean, if it gets to six or higher, I'd think about Arizona, but I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. I think it's kind of sitting right where it should be here between that three and that six, uh, kind of a no man's land, so. I think uh, you know I'm not I'm not be laying points I guess with Jacksonville especially going to Arizona which is a somewhat tough play to play tough place to play but I mean and then even Gabbard you know the real American Blaine himself I think uh, um, he, he he didn't look as bad as you'd expect last week but um, he you know kind of I think I'd say above average but I don't know if we'll see that again this week he's kind of another one of those wild cards kind of like a you know a Fitz Magic to me so we'll see um, but yeah I think uh, I'll probably be staying away from this game I, I would assume. I was pumped for some real American music there when when Blaney got mentioned. I thought maybe you're going to have that locked and ready to go. No, I'm just got to throw a few few pump fakes here, a little head fake every once in a while. Yeah, no, he, I, uh, I just had I picked in the contest where you're forced to pick every game. I picked Arizona now with a ton of confidence, and I was actually surprised um, that the Gabbard played as good as he did, and they put up whatever twenty twenty one points I think it was against. Houston, which isn't a ton, but he, he looked competent, I suppose, a couple of years ago in Jacksonville where he looked you know, about as bad as it gets. So, um, yeah, Bortles is just not a person you like laying points the road with. They had no no business covering against Cleveland, and they wouldn't have if it wouldn't have been for a, a defensive score there late. So it's a little bit shorter number, only at four and a half or five. 
Uh, but just in that price range, no interest at all in Jacksonville. Um, and I, I like Arizona a little bit, but their defense is, has been a little bit troubling uh, over the past few games here. You know, Giving up 31 to Tom Savage is reason enough not to bet a team. And uh, then, you know, the week before that is 22, and I don't know. It's just They're just not a team I, I really trust or, or feel that great about backing. Um, so this is a game where it's most likely just to stay away from me. But if I did get involved, it would be on the Arizona side. And then the last uh, afternoon game we got is Denver at Oakland. Uh, the, what would have been a really good game, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, or what we thought to have been a really good game, is now just a couple battle of scrubs here. Which game are you talking Looks about? Like we... The night game or this one? I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we got Oakland land five with a total of 43.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Oakland minus 6.5. Westgate open, Oakland minus 5.5. And, and the look-ahead line, Oakland minus 6.5. And... A half. and Looks like the ostriches got on the bench here. From my, from what I'm seeing, it looks like Paxton Lynch is the new starter here for Denver. So, um, oh my, I don't know where this team goes here at quarterback. I mean, they're kind of similar to Cleveland with the quarterback scenario here. It's just a uh, pick, pick. You got three quarterbacks, none of them could play. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I almost, I don't know if I want to say I'm the lowest on Paxton, but I just really not don't like him very much at all. I thought Simeon maybe had something, but. After the, the bye week there, that a few weeks back, then he just came out with nothing, and then obviously the ostrich has just shown nothing, and and then so now we get to see Paxton. But um, I don't know. I think the, I don't think there's necessarily a whole lot of value. But I think if I was going to bet this game, I think I would lean to the Oakland side, laying the five. I think they're going to be you know have a chip on their shoulder after getting embarrassed in a prime time or not prime time, but a in a Mexico City on a big game on the afternoon slot last night, last week against New England. So I think they're going to like I said have a chip on their shoulder in an division game and. That Denver defense might be able to hold them in there for a while, but I feel like you know Oakland will be able to figure out a little bit on offense. And then, and don't get me wrong, they've been really shaky on offense as well. But I feel like they have a better chance of getting it figured out than Denver does. So I mean, obviously they're laying five, and that's where the number is. But I think at home here, I think this might be a game where they kind of try to rally and make a, a late run if they're if they do anything. So I'm, I'll i take I'd take Oakland if anything, but probably won't be involved necessarily unless it comes down at all. As a battle of uh, fired coordinators here. This week you had uh, Denver firing their offense coordinator and McCoy, and and then just today a couple hours ago the Raiders fired their defensive coordinator. So, and then you yeah you factor that in with Lynch coming in who looked horrible in his only action. Um, I don't know how many games it was last year, but he didn't play a ton, and uh, wasn't too impressive when he was in there. But I, I retweeted a stat here today saying all time leaders in passer rating with a minimum of 325 attempts for a season. And first is Aaron Rodgers' 2011 season, then they go down the list. And six all-time would be quarterbacks facing the Raiders this year as the highest um, passer rating in, in the history of quarterback seasons if you just combine all those. And you think, oh, they must have just played a lot of Tom Brady's. And, and so far this year they've played Cutler, Mariota, Brady, Rivers, Alex Smith, Cousins, Taylor, Flacco, Simeon, and McCown. So when you, when you think about that, you know, there's a couple good guys in there, obviously, but then not, not a ton. And the fact that they've given up just historical numbers is, uh, you know, cause for a little hesitation for me. And then, uh, the fact that I didn't want the defensive coordinator getting fired this week, who, you know, who knows how they're going to respond. But then another token of coin, who knows how Denver's going to respond to, to that. So for me, this is about as, about as a stay away as a game gets. Um, I have very little interest in, backing either one of these sides in, in this situation, and and I really won't be surprised with this outcome of this game anyway. Um, you know, Elway called the Denver soft, and 
you know, that coach uh, obviously hasn't shown off too good so far. The Denver's new head coach. I'm not a fan of Del Rio. So just every way you look at this game, I just don't really have a whole lot of interest. Then the night game, we got Green Bay at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh lane 14 with a total of 41. Yeah. Um, Pitts, uh, my power in here, Pittsburgh minus 14. The Westgate opened 14. The look at line was uh, 12 and a half. And, you know, sitting right where I kind of expect it to. But, Obviously, I think there's a little bit of value on Green Bay. Same type of deal. I mean, I mean, you're almost you're always gonna have value. I think when you're at this this high of a point spread, almost always. And uh, so we'll see if it gets any higher. I would assume you would think that the public, especially in a Sunday night game, that they're gonna want to be involved here, whether it be teasers, or anything else, uh, liability for the book. They're gonna you'd think move this number up higher. So I mean, I'll kind of wait and see if I can get it and try to get it at peak market. I'll just take a Green Bay out of principle. But I mean. Not a whole lot to this game. I think you just got to hope that they can stay in it and another one where you kind of hold your breath and see what happens. Yeah, I was going to say, how about a uh, hold your note, hold your nose uh, parlay with Cleveland, Miami, and Green Bay? <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I agree that it's probably a little bit of value on Green Bay. The fact they got blown out at home last week against Baltimore and didn't score at all. Uh, you know, the people are going to look at that and obviously be scared to come back and put money on that team and and uh then you had pittsburgh what did they look pretty good there on thursday night and blew out uh tennessee so they got a little extra time to prepare and you would think uh pittsburgh should win this one fairly comfortably um you know whether hunley can get anything going or not I, i'm not sure um yeah i think just just looking at that yeah, there's probably a, a touch of value on green bay but i'm also you kind of got to ask yourself the question, um, was that a little bit of an aberration, not being able to score at all against Baltimore last week and being you know, that uh, that inept offensively, or is that just kind of a sign of, of who they are now? Well, I think and, it's a pretty uh, good explanation why they couldn't put up any points. I mean, it's three times now this season that Flacco shut out the, the opponents. So, I mean, I think it's yeah. kind of tough when you're playing against a Flacco-led offense. Yeah, I mean, that's true. <laughs> it's, it's just... Uh, you know, since since Rodgers has been out here, what are they? They had that game against Baltimore last week. Then they beat the Bears and actually looked fairly decent at Chicago a couple weeks ago. And then against the Lions, they put up 17, which was even a little fraudulent because they scored at the end of the game there. Uh, and then scored 17 the week before that against the Saints. So, yeah, their offense just really hasn't worked. Um, so, you know, if then it goes back to Pittsburgh too. Is is Pittsburgh played under their competition like they do all the time, or do they actually have a decent effort again? You know, I, I don't know if I necessarily want to bet on them stringing together two great efforts in a row and putting up points. But if they do, I don't think they'll have a whole lot of trouble covering the fourteen because they should be able to get to twenty eight, thirty points. And I don't know if Green Bay will be able to get to twenty themselves. Um, but the, that's I, just don't, I don't really trust Pittsburgh either. So if I if you forced me to make a bet on it, I'd probably take Green Bay. But I I wouldn't feel good about it at all. And finally, we got the night game here, which is about as unsexy as it gets. We got Houston at Baltimore. Baltimore lands seven with a total of thirty-eight. Yeah, I just want to say that's crazy. That low total on seems like a little low to me. If you if I look at it, forty-one, forty-one and a half on the last game, I didn't notice it was that low. But and weather's not doesn't seem to be a problem either. So um, well, the Packers can't score <laughs> can't score fourteen points themselves. It takes a bit to get up there. But yeah, I hear you. But anyway, yeah, this game here. Uh, my uh, power rating Baltimore minus five and a half. My Westgate open Baltimore seven and a half. And the low headline was Baltimore seven and a half. And you know, I 
my numbers would tell me just to take Baltimore, and that's where I'd lean uh, at seven here. But I knew, I just didn't want to. I just don't want to be on the Houston team right now. They're kind of just a, a disaster, kind of just uh, yeah, dumpster fire. So I don't really know if I want to. You know, like I said, I'm not going to try to make my numbers as low as I can possible, and still within reason to you know not be on this team. So that's why I'd, I don't know. It's it's tough, but I think. Uh, I don't. I, I, it, it's pretty pretty easy game. I think to stay away from. Like I said, if I had to lean anywhere, it'd probably be Baltimore, just for the fact that they're still in the playoff hunt. They got some stuff to play for, and they. But I mean, again, I really this this Baltimore team's so hard to judge. I mean, and you just look at it and think about it. Lane seven here, and even at home, it's just a tough game. I think. I don't know. It seems like it's a pretty easy stay away. I guess is what it comes down to. Yeah, I want no part of Savage. Even though he put up thirty one last week. Um, before the couple weeks before that, he just looked just awful. Um, and couldn't do anything effectively. <sighs> so, I mean, I, I would kind of say if it was a team I trusted at all that was a seven-point favorite, I'd love to tease them, get them down to one, and get them through all those key numbers. But uh, there's no way I'm putting Joe Flacco in a tease. <laughs> I've, I've been down uh, been down his road one too many times where I've needed him to come through. And, Old Flacco Lane? Yeah, Flacco Lane has not treated me well from uh, time to time where you're, you, know, you, know, you need him to come through for you, and he just looks up sink and they don't have any weapons and it could just be a deal where a fluky thing happens they you know they could lose the game outright but uh, I, I do think they're gonna win and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they won fairly comfortably and uh, you know that's just not it's just a thing where I just don't feel comfortable enough and I don't trust them enough to actually put my money on it and the totals right with probably where it should be even though it's pretty low um, you know I think Baltimore's definitely an under team with how methodical their offense is and good their defense is and Houston, who can't score that that well either, um, this seems right about where it should be. But like I said, when his totals this low, one weird thing happens, or you know, Savage happens to be figuring it out, and last week wasn't a total fluke, um, and then that number could be toast pretty easily too. So I just don't really have any confidence in basically any part of this game. So when all the variables are unknown in the equation, you just stay away and don't, don't even pay attention hardly, other than maybe trying to pick up some information going forward. So that'll do her for the uh, Week 12 slate here, the Thanksgiving slate. So let's uh, finish it up by doing a couple picks of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. All right, so it looks like you got the T-Box back. Uh, last week I had that Peterman asterisk that uh, just got absolutely blown out and was never really in it, so that drops me uh, a game. And then you ended up getting a win with Cincy that uh, – wasn't totally sweat free, but looked pretty good most of the way. Uh, so you get a tee box over here and go ahead there, Crabber. Oh boy, yeah, it's a privilege, you know, getting to get start off start off the the roll here on the first tee box. But uh, boy, I don't know what I want to do here. I think um, you know what I think I'm gonna have to do it and just I think uh, take a, a team that I have a little bit of confidence in, and I'm gonna just take the Rams here, uh, laying two and a half. Uh, at home against the the Saints, I, like I said, I feel pretty confident that they'll be able to get it done. I I surprised I just saw a little bit of money coming on the Saints. I actually move it down a little bit, but um, I don't, I'm not really sure why. I know there's gonna be public money on the Saints, but I feel like uh, this this never seems like it's gonna get bought up to and get up to three, close at three. So I feel like uh, locking at two and a half, you have to pay a little bit of juice if you can't find it flat. But I feel like the Rams is the right side here, so that'll be my uh, pick of the week. Oh, that's fair. Uh, that's one I was. Not sure I was going to go with that or not, but I was kind of looking in that direction. Uh, it's kind of tricky here with 
again with a couple of the quarterbacks uh, questionable. I think I, I want to go Indy with three and a half, but there's I just not enough margin for error. Tolzien is one back in that ticket. Uh, I kind of want to take the Jets, but I don't know if I totally trust them enough to, to move on them. Um, so, and then Chicago, um, it, I would definitely do it at 14, but it's at 13 and a half. I, I don't think I'm going to quite get there. Don't necessarily want to get back into bed with Cleveland for this type of, uh, investment. So I think I'm going to talk myself and running it back. Um, I think 10 just looks like a pretty big number. And, uh, you know, Buffalo's looked so competitive last week. I think I want to get right back on the horse and ride them again this week. So I'll take, uh, Buffalo plus 10 at Kansas City. That's a good pick. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't have the back-to-back music, but uh, yeah, fair enough. Back-to-back. <laughs> oh, back. Uh, so anyway, all right. So Rob will take the Rams laying two and a half as his pick of the week, and I will take the Buffalo Bills getting 10 as my pick of the week. So that'll do her for the uh, the Thanksgiving uh, week pod. Any concluding thoughts there, Crabber? No, I better uh, better tell some kind of Thanksgiving gobble-gobble turkey talk stuff here uh, and some, some soundbite here at the start of the end here, but... Uh... Now other than that, yeah, I'll be excited to get out here, have you get out here and uh, celebrate Thanksgiving and everything else. It's nice to have the couple days off and take a break from everything else and whatever. But, yeah, it'll be nice to, for sure the football will be decently exciting this week. I think it was a pretty good week last week, kind of entertaining, especially in those uh, early games and the late, you know, at the end of them, there are kind of a few good games at the end. So hopefully we can keep up with that and have some good games and hopefully, uh, more importantly, mean you can keep keep the winning streak going here and, and keep uh, being profitable this, this Thursday and on the, this weekend. Yep, absolutely. Let's keep her going. I uh, owe you that shot from our Giants Niners bet uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, that's right. And I might have to make a, <laughs> I have to do one of those locker room blowups and uh, celebrations with that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, get, say get some golfing. I'm excited. I haven't played in a couple of months, so it'll be nice to get on the tee box and uh, swing the sticks a little bit, and uh, you know, make a couple bets out there, and hopefully keep her going uh, from last week. So. Best of luck to everybody out there and uh, on Thanksgiving, and you know, have a happy holiday, and hopefully uh, you have a little bit of extra cushion in your bankroll to run her into the uh, weekend here and, and keep this run going as we head down the home stretch of the season here. So we'll talk to everybody, you know, see everybody next week, and uh, good luck. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.